This is Advantage and Insight. My name is Wayne. Welcome back, everyone. And today, we're continuing our series, uh, Face of the League, where I get to know the admins of the D&D Adventures League a little bit better, and hopefully you do as well. And I have the pleasure of having someone on the mics that I don't think I've actually spoken to. Now, if, I, I know I keep saying this for, for a few people, but this is a person that I have actually had one to talk to because I really don't speak to her a lot. I don't get to see her a lot. And um, I have a feeling that a lot of people want to know who this person is who does so much work in the background of AL. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce everybody to Claire Hoffman. Claire, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. For people who um, are unaware, uh, Claire is one of the admins of the uh, Adventures League. And what we'll do is we'll just ask you some questions. We're going to get to know you better today. Um, and hopefully everybody out there, all the listeners and the audience of AL, will get to know you better as well as we go along. So let's start off, simple question as we always do. Claire, can you tell us, how did you get into D&D? That actually is kind of a funny story. I was working in a Woolworths in Minnesota, and a fellow worker there, we got talking about books that we liked. She found out I'd read a lot of science fiction and fantasy, and she invited me over to her house because her husband ran D&D on Saturdays. He was an army recruiter at the time, and she didn't particularly like science fiction and, and fantasy. She just wanted to have somebody she knew and liked in the group. They were mostly younger. So that's how I started playing D&D in a home game in the fall of 78 in Minnesota. You had no, like, I guess, obviously you were reading, but you had no prior introduction? No prior introduction to gaming. I uh, had dropped out of grad school and was working because I had lost, had no money and made a friendship out of some similar books that we read. And when she found out I was in with this, you know, read a lot of science fiction and fantasy, especially Mercedes Lackey and, and others of that era and Andre Norton, the names sounded familiar to her. So she said, you must come. And so that's how I ended up playing. Wow. Mercedes Lackey, that's, it's been a while since I've read any of those books. Now you kind of want to make me want to go back and take a look at my ebook collection and see what I still have available. What about since then? I mean, um, have you kind of continuously played since, um, 78 or no? Not quite continuously. I ended up moving back, back East and for a couple of years had a hard time finding a group, but then again, it happened through work. A person who worked for me, overheard me saying, yeah, I used to play D&D, but I don't have a group, and invited me to join their group. And I played, that was my home, that it became my home game up until I ended up getting married and moving out to Ohio. I met my husband at Gen Con, so. Good story, good story. I mean, I, I believe, uh, I think I've seen a few of those uh, proposals at, uh, at Gen Con or the Ennies or, or whatnot, so. <laughs> Pros at Gen Con, but we we met at Gen Con playing RPG events, and um, he lives he lives in Ohio, and I lived in Philadelphia at the time, so it was a long distance relationship for. I see, I see. Well, you bring up RPGA, so maybe tell us a little bit about that. But basically, how did you get involved in organized play, and then how did you become an admin? I got involved in organized play because I went to Gen Con. It was the one convention I went to. A year and that was when it was in Milwaukee 
And while I did not play in the very first two Living Cities, I did play in the third one, which was called Nightwatch. And that was the first time that there was a ongoing campaign where characters, it may seem strange, but at the time, they actually kept a copy. You had to have two copies of your character and you handed one in. And next year, they they, they believed they they would be able to, to check your character against that because it was only played at Gen Con. And then Living City took off and that, that became too many people to handle that way. But so I started with organized play back then. During Living City, which lasted for a fair while, was when I got married and both my husband and I became involved. He actually became an administrator. I wrote an article for Polyhedron on the um, Druid Circle, and he was doing the Clerical Circle for Living City. And I helped out at Interactives. So you got to know people and what what kind of organization sense there was. And then in 95, in Polyhedron, they talked about this campaign they were going to come up with this called, based on Mask of the Red Death, which was a variant of Ravenloft. And they were going to have an organized play campaign for that. And that's an error because of some of my background that I was very interested in. So I really made sure I knew the rules when they came out and knew it and um, started DMing for that. And at that time, at Gen Con, uh, they had at that time a separate area where the DMs organized, where we could talk about what problems and what rules and the, the campaign in general before we marshaled out because it was in an auditorium. So the players were down the lower seats and we were up in nosebleeds talking. And we were talking about aspects of the campaign we liked and we didn't like. And they all basically said, I should talk to the then head of the RPG, Robert, and um, get him working on these things that as DMs we all felt needed to happen. So I did that. And he came back and said, okay, you're my um, person on staff. And that's how um, I became an advisor to Living Death by September September of that year. Um, unfortunately, in, in December was the time, what some of us call the time of troubles for TSR, when they went into bankruptcy. And basically that January, I was told, I either had to take over the entire campaign or the campaign died. And because we... I and my friends loved it so much. That's how I became head of the Living Death Campaign. And I ran that for 10 years through its planned ending. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I had planned to take a full like year off after the, uh, 2007 after we did the final for Living Death. But then they came up with Living Forgotten Realms. And at the time, I really needed something to think about other than myself because I was going through breast cancer treatment. And so my husband and I put in a co-application to be writing directors just because we weren't sure how much energy I'd have. And we got lucky and they said, sure, we'll hire you and became co-writing directors for Waterdeep for the Living Forgotten Realms. For people who, who don't recognize some of these names, um, before the current campaigns, everything was called a, a living campaign. Which right. Basically stood for organized play and i actually do recognize claire's name from back then <laughs> when i first when i first started playing 
organized play in third edition. So when Living City swapped over to Living um, Living City third edition, um, Living Greyhawk, um, Living Forgotten Realms. Um, so I do recognize your name from back then. So I, you know, I've I've seen it there. I don't think I ever played Living Death. I do remember your name. It was a very niche campaign. You know, gothic horror in the 18, uh, 1890s. So it didn't have widespread appeal, but it had a very fervent following. If they played it, they played every adventure that came out, which was 14 to 23 a year. So, and then transferred over from when Living Forgotten Realms was coming to the end and they were talking about going to the new campaign in fifth edition. I put in an application and they said, okay. So I'm an associate content manager, which basically means I do what Travis asked me to do. <laughs> I guess that really does bring us to the next question. For those people who haven't listened to, to Travis's interview, what is your role as an admin? You just mentioned that. And basically, what does that mean as both your specific role, your specific title, and as a representative of the, the of AL? Specifically, my role is as an associate manager of content um, is to back up Travis. In part, if Travis had had a, a problem come up, there's somebody who knows what's going on and can pick it up. I mean, that's technically what it is. What reality is, is it changes from time to time. He does the narrative. I'll read it and, and question him on, on stuff. and help him make it better. I help by giving another eye to adventures as far as formatting and editing things that I have a lot, a, a fair amount of experience on. So that's the, the more formal about, aspect of it. Sometimes my, my biggest role, I think, is to question, why are we doing something? Is this logical? We've had one of the benefits of this age is that we don't have to set up a specific time. We can set up, we have a Slack group where we can communicate on a daily basis, something that you haven't really had because emails aren't quite the same in previous campaigns. Sometimes Mr. Lindsay will ask us to do, look at something specific or that they're thinking about having the campaign do or some project. And so my job kind of varies day to day. It doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, we all keep an eye or try to keep an eye on the social media. I'm not as vocal there, but I do try and keep up with what's going on. Usually one of the other guys have gotten to it first. And it's changed. When we first started, once an author turned over the adventure and it was play tested, we were responsible for putting in the feedback. And now we basically give the author Here's the feedback from all the play tests. Make your revisions, and then we see whether they did or not. And, and Travis is the finals. So part of my job is making sure Travis doesn't burn out. Um, I don't know that I'm doing that part as well as I should, but um, <laughs> he tends to take on a lot. But we are a team, so sometimes everybody puts their two cents worth in. Oh, that's that's really good. So moving on from that. What do you feel is your most important responsibility, both to the team and to Adventures League in general? To Adventures League in general, it's to make sure that we're putting out stories that are interesting, not just do this, do that, and there's no story, and hopefully keep improving 
on how we present it, as well as our editing. So that's the first thing. The other is to engage when we can, whether it's one-on-one or through social media. So people know that there are, you know, there are ways to play and there's no one way that's perfect. How you enjoy the game is how you enjoy it, as long as you don't infringe on other people. That sounds really good. I mean, sometimes it's a very difficult task. So moving on to that is, what do you think is the hardest thing about being an admin? The hardest thing right now to me, for me, is social media. Making sure I don't misspeak, and yet at the same time, not letting people run roughshod over you is, I think, important. I'm getting more involved in that, I actually, as far as that's concerned. That really is the hardest part for me. The others, it takes time. Writing takes time. Make, doing the math and making sure that we've not put so much into an encounter that there's no way for people to win. That's partly given. To me, it, it's just, it's so easy on social media to present the wrong, the wrong attitude without meaning to because words don't have inflections. I can't look at you over my glasses and go, really? So much of my talking to someone has to do with hand movements and gestures that I think people don't give each other enough leeway on. They immediately jump to the worst conclusion on how you put, put something out there. So it's probably why I'm slower to write a comment on social media and the guys are faster, just because I'm, I'm a little bit more aware of that. No, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. Um, something that I, I, I've definitely seen as well. The, the whole thing about there is no tone. Yeah. <laughs> over. So let's move away from the difficulties and tell me what is the best or the most fun thing about being an admin? The fun thing is seeing people and especially things like when we're doing five chans and we have the special certs and they're just reading that and their voice and somebody reads it and goes, this is perfect for my character or and DMing getting to run people through an adventure and seeing how they think, because you have to be able to, to adjust to your players. And these are people you've never seen before. And so it's always a learning process. You have to learn what your players respond to. And sometimes you do it well, and sometimes it becomes a little dicey, but you try your best to present the situation and let them work with it. So that's the fun part. But the other fun part to me is the teamwork of the admins. Having done it on our own, my own for 10 years, without really having a staff, having people that you can talk to and look at different angles. Um, We all have different experiences as far as what our backgrounds are, what our strengths are how we came into gaming and how we came into organized play. So we all look at a problem from different, different viewpoints. And because we have the Slack channel, we can have discussions. Occasionally the typing gets a little fast, but we did have a discussion. We get to have them in a timely manner so that the campaign can improve in a much quicker manner than any of the ones have gone before. And while I've realized to 
that somebody from the outside's going, we've known this has been a problem for months. Why can't they get it fixed? But getting something fixed in a couple months versus getting something fixed once a year is just so many larger steps than it was 10 years ago when living death ended that sometimes I just have to sit back and go, you don't understand. We are actually looking at the problems in, you know, and going, yes, this is something we can solve or, you know, that's just something we can't fix now. They don't quite understand how, what the reproach is from the company or what the, what the approach is from that convention or um, whoever's got the problem. So to me, the teamwork is part of the, one of the best parts of being an admin right now. And that's absolutely awesome. I know I've, I've heard um, a lot of different stories and, and how, you know, you're, you're taking six people that pretty much didn't know each other and putting them together and having them work so well. And also absolutely understand, you know, I think a lot of people may not have remembered the time before, you know, instant communication or even easy communication uh, between people and, and having that be able to like, you know, Slack and see your message history is a pretty big thing. Of course, there's the also the other end of it where someone got annoyed apparently recently because they had private messaged one of the admins on a Saturday evening, and by noon on Sunday they hadn't gotten an answer and thought we the the admin was ducking them or or ignoring them. And I'm like, give us a break a little bit. It takes a lot of different people. Well, just so. All the listeners know, I think Claire ducked me for about four weeks on Facebook um, because she doesn't check Facebook Messenger. <laughs> I don't check Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Facebook Messenger annoys me the heck. <laughs> it is the worst way to get a hold of me. <laughs> that actually isn't the longest I've ignored somebody on Facebook. I think there was somebody I ignored for almost a full year. <laughs> wow. Because I, it was what somebody who, when they sent me the message, hadn't been a friend, and I never saw it, and even on the few times when I checked. So, yeah, not a good way to go. See, I didn't know that. So I'm glad that we eventually got connected and we were able to do this uh, this recording. Absolutely. So from that, what are you most thankful for about being an admin? That they still want me to do it. <laughs> I tease the guys because I've been around for so long, but in some ways that really has, is part of it. And also that I can give a different voice, a different viewpoint. After all, I am the only female admin and occasionally that, that becomes an important aspect. There was people who thought, okay, Claire got done with living death. She's not going to do anything else now. Well, then Lao Far came around. And we're now basically 10 years after, and I'm still in the community and still being able to give something of value, or at least what's so far they seem to think it's of a value to the community. And that's something to be thankful for. And that's actually really wonderful. I'm hoping, I, well, I, I've played D&D for less time than you have, but just being able to, I almost say serve the community is a hope of mine. So let's move away from from D and D for a sec. Let's move away from AL. So Claire, if I'm coming up to you, I might actually might meet you in November if I'm at uh, CarnageCon. So before I know you, before I shake your hand, what should people know about you 
as a person? <sighs> what should they know about me as a person? I don't bite. That's a hard question to answer. Should know about me. I like lots of things, except people putting other people down. I make no promises at conventions. I will discuss something with you. I will talk about your ideas. But I will then say, it's really interesting. Please email me afterwards because I make no promise to remember everything that we've talked about. And if it's important to you enough, then I'll make sure you have my email and have you talk, send it afterwards because too many expectations can't be met just by a conversation at a convention. So I never say yes. I always say maybe, unless it was something I really know is a yes or no. So if you get a yes or a no from me, it's something that it's we've already thought of and it's already in the process. What else? Like maybe, you know, we, we know a little bit, only a tiny bit about your background. Maybe uh, what do you do outside of D&D? I mean, what do you do outside of being an admin? I, I know that this is probably not your full-time, this is not your full-time gig here. Actually, I'm... Um... It is close to a full-time gig. My full-time gig is taking care of cats. <laughs> I basically do not work outside of the home now. I stopped that a few, about 12 or 14 years ago. Before that, I had been a manager for McDonald's. I actually was a supervisor for a time in Philadelphia. When I married, I continued out here in Ohio. But I have an indulgent husband who basically allowed me to stop working when my part-time working as a manager, instead of being the manager, store manager, I had stepped down from that and I was working part-time as a manager. Because we don't have children, they were putting me all night shifts and I was suddenly seeing my husband less working night shift than I had been when I was working full-time. So this is my gig. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Of course, we live out in the country on almost 10 acres, and so we have lots to keep us occupied, both inside and out. I haven't done a lot recently, but I do. I have been known to sew. I do read a lot, and I watch football and hockey, and we have three indoor cats and a varying number of outdoor cats. <laughs> Neighbor moved and they couldn't get their one cat to move with them. And somehow having that one cat ended up having us with another cat who then brought his kittens last summer, of which we still have a few around. <laughs> so anywhere from four to eight outdoor cats as well. So they keep me busy. Oh, I, I would definitely say so. I'm, I see lots of cat memes and, and cat pictures on, on Facebook. So I, I see how they go. Unfortunately, I am actually allergic, which means cats absolutely adore me. <laughs> um, well, actually, I am also allergic, but I took shots for, I think, 15 years and I take allergy pills. It's an expensive hobby to keep to to um, to get rid of allergies, I would say. Yeah, luckily, um, my husband works for the Air Force, so I we have good medical insurance. <laughs> so what are you playing outside of D&D? <laughs> well, I see that that's just it. I am a D&D girl. I've always had a fairly busy life. Um, when I was working as a store manager, 
a 50 to 60 hour week was the norm. So you balance having a regular life and gaming. So I really only played D&D in its various forms and mostly just at conventions these days. So Sounds good. So uh, final question before I kind of open up the floor for you. Is there any cause, organization, charity um, that you support that uh, you'd like to bring some attention to or that people should be aware of? Understandably enough, we support a no-kill cat shelter that's uh, local called The Tenth Life, where they basically built a old-fashioned motel practically and can have upward of 400 cats at any one time that they take care of. So if you have a no-kill shelter in your area, helping them would be great. I've also been very impressed with the V Foundation, which supports cancer research. All of the money they raise goes to research. They were set up so that the administration is not paid out of donated dollars. But the, the thing to me is you should find a cause you believe in. Make sure that they're really actually doing what they say they're doing, you know, and then support it. Not just because you hear somebody say this is a good cause, but because you believe in it, because then you'll support it for life, not just for five minutes or a year. And that sounds good. I know that um, the listeners of the show know that know some of the causes we support and, you know, in terms of cancer research. Uh, my sister became a radiation oncologist because of um, cancer in our family. So just uh, final moments, final comments. Is there anything you want to say to the audience of our, to our listeners or to Adventures League in general? Have fun. We're writing, you know, people write the games so you can have fun, not to destroy your character. That's not the intent. And remember, it is a game. We're here to give you a challenge and to have a story you might find interesting, a challenge you might find interesting, but your DMs worked hard. So you should cut them a little slack once in a while, but that doesn't mean they should break the rules. But the whole purpose of organized play is to play D and D and have fun. Whether it means you're doing it at home with a group of your friends that you've had for years or you're going to convention or a store or you're doing it online or you're filming it and putting it up on YouTube. The purpose is fun and challenge and thinking. You're still supposed to think when you play D&D. And that's it. Truer words were never spoken. <laughs> Claire, if people want to contact you, want to reach you, want to pick your brain, what's the best way to do that? On Twitter. I am doing a little bit better watch, catching my Twitter which is Dragon's View, and the view is V-U, Claire. Believe it or not, I do check the Eventually Facebook lists, both that and the D- Eventually DM list every day, a couple times a day. So you can also get me by posting there. But admittedly, if you use Messenger, it may take a while. So a warning to everybody out there. Kind of a warning. Yeah. Claire, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has actually been a pleasure, and especially since I've seen your name so many places, uh, to actually speak to the person that I'm seeing the name of. <laughs> well, thank you. Like I said, it's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I'm so glad to be able to get you on the mics, uh, especially since 
you are actually probably the most difficult person to to find. <laughs> it's not on purpose. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've enjoyed, enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about Claire. Um, so that next time you see her at a convention, um, you get to know her. And um, other than that, I hope everybody's playing games and everybody's having fun. So to all the listeners and to everybody out there, have a great day. Have a great night. I'll talk to you later. Bye now. <laughs>